With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's Monday, September 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, everybody who tuned into the end of the Guardians game on Sunday after watching the Browns' shocking loss over at uh, uh, Brown Stadium, uh, it was probably not too surprised uh, at the result. Uh, the Guardians, after what, 24 innings worth of baseball on Saturday, uh, come back and, and couldn't get the bats going. Uh, they lose 3 nothing to the, the Twins, uh, snapping a, an eight-game losing uh, eight-game winning streak, I'm sorry, uh, to the uh, to Minnesota, uh, and, and they weren't able to, to gain any ground on their magic number. That stayed at 13 uh, through yesterday. Uh, and that's what it is entering today's series finale and homestand finale as they get ready to head to Chicago. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, uh, they, you know, so far this homestand's probably gone about as well as as uh, the Guardians could ex- could expect. They're, they went, they've gone, they're six and two. Uh, you know, they they won the first three against. Uh, you know, they swept the Angels in a three game series to start. Uh, they took, they've taken three out of four. Uh, so far against the Twins, that one kind of, you know, dark spot was uh, the eight to two loss to the White Sox, uh, but um, you know, in that makeup game. But you know, it would be great if they could get this win uh, today, Joe, and wrap that home stand up and uh, get on the plane and uh, head to Chicago for a you know really a, a big big uh, three game series. Yeah, at the start of this home stand, I think if you would have told me. Uh, six wins on the nine-game homestand. Uh, I, I definitely would have taken it. Uh, an opportunity to get a seventh win here uh, this afternoon, uh, if the rains hold off. Uh, right now, it's raining, and you know we've we've had our our issues with weather uh, throughout the season. Uh, I'm sure neither team wants to have to play uh, again on another off day, another scheduled off day, the final scheduled off day. Uh, for both teams is September 26th, and that would be the, the most likely date if uh, if Minnesota had to come back here to finish out uh, that uh, this series if they get rained out today. Yeah, they would have to play uh, finish the season with ten straight home games, Joe. You know, counting that uh, if they do make up the game on the 26th with the Twins, uh, the Rays would come in for three, and then they finish out. Uh, 
the season with six straight games against the Royals. I mean, it's nice to be at home, but that's a long stretch to go, especially if you're uh, still uh, in the hunt for the for the division title or a postseason spot. Especially if you're a baseball writer having to go to the ballpark 10 straight days and, and cover. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that they will try and get today's game in. Uh, I don't think that with the option of that 20, uh, September 26th being there, I don't think that they will, you know, sit around for too, too long before cutting uh, the Guardians loose, knowing that they're going to Chicago uh, tonight, try to give them as much time, uh, you know, off as possible. But yeah, it's uh, it's not a great situation. It hasn't been a great situation all season. Rain has has really wreaked havoc on the schedule, and uh, and and these guys have responded pretty well. Uh, the the young players. Uh, I mean, that was what doubleheader number eleven on Saturday, and and that was about as long a day as you could uh, you could ask for at, at the ballpark. Uh, I, I mean, you guys were were there until uh, you know well into the midnight hour. Yeah, it was five hours and 24 minutes of, uh, of baseball in, in the second game, Joe. And I think, uh, you know, the, the game ended, uh, you know, at either like around 1.30 a.m. So, uh, you know, it was, so the, you know, the tribe came, I mean, the, the G's come back a little uh, flat on Sunday. But you're right, that was the 11th doubleheader. Uh, you know, that's the most doubleheaders I think uh, Cleveland has played since like 1984 in one season. And they're 11 and 11. You know, they've split the uh, split the 22 games right down the middle. And I think, you know, they would like to uh, kind of just end on that note. I don't think they want to play two again. Yeah, uh, no more doubleheaders. Uh, none on the schedule, uh, you know, remaining. Uh, and, you know, if there's a chance they get to Chicago and maybe something happens there, but uh, on the road in Texas, they they won't get rained out for sure with a, a roof on that stadium. <laughs> and then it's back home and, and hoping that the weather at the end of September and early October uh, holds out enough for them to get the games in, in time uh, as they, they drive towards the playoffs there. Uh, let's just talk about real quickly uh, what happened on uh, particularly on Saturday uh, Ahmed Rosario had, had really had himself uh, uh, a day for the record books. Uh, he tie, he, or he's the first first player since Andy Van Slyke to have uh, four hits in in both ends of a doubleheader in the same day, uh, and and that's uh, pretty significant. I mean, uh, the, the guy pushes batting average up to like 284 uh, in the matter of one day. Yeah, eight hits and what. what? Eight for thirteen. I think he had uh, six RBIs. Hit a you know a three-run homer in the second game to uh, you know give uh, the Guardians the early lead. And then you know he he and figures he would he ultimately ended that that you know the marathon the 15-inning marathon on Saturday <clears throat> when he drove in the winning run with an error on the shortstop. So. You know, it, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was uh, all Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario all the time in that doubleheader. Yeah, it it was, he tied the game actually after Minnesota had, had gone ahead in what, like the, the 12th inning, he, he, he tied it up with a two out single uh, and then eventually wound up winning it. So yeah, it, it was not only just the, the sheer volume of hits that he had and number of hits, but you know, there were clutch hits in there as well. Uh, they, they, everybody who talked about it, talked about just his leadership and, the, you know, his presence in the locker room as, as well. 
this is a guy who's very important to this young ball club and what they've been able to do this year. And, and really he's been consistent pretty much throughout the, the entire season. Uh, he plays every day and he's given them everything that they've asked of him. Yeah. He's been, you know, probably their most consistent offensive player, just like he was last season. Um, you know, he get, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but, you know, since uh, April, you know, he's really, you know, he's been what, what you thought Ahmed Rosario would be. And I think his defense has improved. It's really going to be an interesting decision what they do with him off in the offseason, Joe. I mean, they still got a year of control with him. And, uh, you know, do they, is he, is he your shortstop in uh, 2023? Or, uh, you know, do you give uh, some one of these uh, prospects a chance? I just don't understand. I think anybody else not named Ahmed Rosario who would be putting up the numbers and and performing the way he has, uh, I think they would be talking about some sort of extension or some sort of contract at some point, trying to lock the guy up. Uh, just because he's Ahmed Rosario, I, I think they're 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 not giving him, you know, uh, th- that kind of credit. I, I I don't get it. This was a guy who was a a former number one prospect in all of baseball for the Mets. Uh, very highly regarded, and you know he might have had one down season before he got to Cleveland that that maybe shook people's confidence. But ever since he's gotten here, all he's done is hit. All he's done is play anywhere they've asked him to play, and you can tell that Jose Ramirez feels very comfortable playing next to him. Uh, Jose Ramirez, you know, in in conversations off to the side, will tell people, "Hey, they better take care of." You know, the shortstop, take care of the guy who's who's playing next to me. Uh, I, I think he's got guys in the organization who, who want to see him stick around. Uh, I don't understand why there isn't more of a sort of a push or an inkling or a feeling that, you know, this is a, a guy who could be the, the, the future, uh, at least for uh, another couple of seasons. Yeah, that you raise a good point, and I think uh... – you know, they play these uh, uh, extensions, you know, really close to the vest. Uh, you know, I don't think they ever go too far out in the limb. Um, and, uh, you know, we they, they could talk to him. Who knows, you know, this winter or, or in spring training next year. Uh, well, you just got to wait and see. But he's certainly a guy that has, you know, really made that Francisco Lindor trade uh, look look good. And in doing so, has made the front office look good. Yeah, and and – there are obvious holes. There's, you know, defensive questions and, you know, he doesn't walk enough. And there there are things that you would like to see improve. But I'll tell you, he just looks so good in that number two spot in the batting order. Uh, so productive when, you know, when especially especially coming off an eight hit day. I mean, that's there's a lot to like about what he does and the way he runs the bases. Uh, I I think I know that there are a there's a parade of shortstop prospects and middle infielders in the minor league system that are just, you know, itching to to take that spot from him. I mean, heck, even Tyler Freeman, who had a had a really nice day yesterday defensively uh, and playing shortstop. I, 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 you know, there's there's something there. But right now, I think that spot is a med Rosario's until somebody else pushes him out of the way. 
Yeah, I, I would think I would think the same thing, Joe. And I think, uh, you know, that's how they'll probably open, you know, in this season at I, it, when we do the review of the season. I'm sure that's what they'll say. Chris Antonetti and and Francona will say that and headed into spring training unless there's a big move or, you know, uh, there's a trade made. I would I would imagine Ahmed Rosario goes into uh, spring training as as the number one guy at shortstop. Uh as far as uh, everybody else in the batting order, I, I mean, uh, Saturday was uh, a pretty nice day in terms of it was Jose Ramirez's birthday. He opens up the first game with uh, uh, a home run. Uh, just the, the offense looked like it, as bad as it looked on Sunday with everybody sort of sleepwalking through against Joe Ryan uh, and the Twins. Uh, on Saturday, they they looked pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Ramirez gets him off off and running with his 28th home run. That was his third uh, third home run in his career on his birthday in 2020. He hit two against the uh, Tigers on, on his birthday. So, and it was his 191st of his career, Joe. I mean, that that kind of blows me away. That's a lot of home runs for a guy that came up as a utility infielder. And, you know, who, who, I'm not sure where he's going to end his career at, but, you know, it's it's going to be well over 200. Uh, so, you know, he is, you know, he's he's done okay for himself. And then, you know, the, of course, uh, you know, they, they, the big thing is after, you know, Ramirez's home run in the first inning, they kept adding on, you know, they added, mm -hmm. they scored again in, in, in the third, they scored two, two in the fourth and uh, they scored, you know, they, and then uh, they added a final run in, in the fifth, in the sixth inning, which, you know, when this, when they do that, they're really a hard club to beat. It's when they only score one or two runs and then have to rely on their starting pitching and trying to hold off the other team. That's when they get in trouble. Yeah. And it, it's, it gets them to their bullpen and that's where the, where one of the big sources of, uh, you know, strength is for them. They can turn things. They can give their their starting pitching a, a chance to sort of settle in. We actually even saw, uh, you know, Cody Morris yesterday settle in after giving up a solo home run, and he he turned out uh, uh, what he retired uh, nine of eleven uh, before uh, exiting uh, after the sixth. I I just think that their ability to get the ball to the back end of their bullpen because their their offense continues to add on runs and and give the, the starting pitching a chance to sort of get lengthened out there uh it's that's the formula right there that's that's what they have to keep doing i just i i'm wondering how effective that's going to be against uh chicago when chicago is going to be throwing you know dylan cease uh lance lynn and lucas giolito at them uh in the series coming up uh beginning tuesday yeah, they're uh, definitely uh, they're going with their three top guys, the White Sox, um, and uh, you know this is a this is a huge series for them, and and, and a big series uh, for Cleveland. Obviously, uh, Cleveland's countering with Savali, McKenzie, and Bieber. Uh, it'll be Savali's first start off the uh, injured list for the third time this season, um, and. Uh, you know, they go in with uh, the Cleveland goes in what with a three and a half game lead over the White Sox in the division. So uh, it, it doesn't get much better of, of a bigger series this late in the season than than having those two rivals face each other. Yeah, it, it depends on, uh, you know, how 
how uh, the Guardians do uh, basically uh, in in this game if they play today uh, against the Twins, whether they'll have that three and a half game lead or not. Uh, it could be a three game lead, but you know that it's not possible for them to leave Chicago uh, trailing in the Central Division race. That's that that's the best part uh, about that. And basically, they will they'll have their destiny in their hands with that magic number at thirteen with sixteen games to play. Uh, that's if you had told me in April that that was the position this team would be in, uh, I would have laughed at you. But that's that, that's where they find themselves, basically on the on the precipice of making the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And you know, both teams will go into uh, right now as you know after uh, Sunday's game. Uh, Cleveland had had won eight of its last ten. Uh, and uh, Chicago had won seven of its last ten, so they're both playing well. Um, the, the the thing that that still knocks me out about Chicago is their run differential is zero. Uh, the Guardians' run differential is plus twenty nine. The Twins' run differential is plus eighteen. So you know they still have some offensive problems, but they certainly didn't look like that on Thursday, Joe, when they made that game up and hit five home runs against Cleveland. But Hunter Gaddis is not going to be pitching for uh, for the Guardians at guaranteed rate field. No, that's the the one, uh, you know, big takeaway from that is, you know, they 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 sort of knew they had to bite the bullet uh, in on Thursday in that makeup game. And, and they did. They, they sort of took one knowing that it would help them line their pitching up for uh, this upcoming weekend series. And you don't want, you know, Tristan McKenzie facing. Chicago back to back there in that situation. I think it's a a much better situation to have him uh, going out there and and seeing them, uh, you know, like this as opposed to you know back to back starts for him. Uh, yeah, the the trip out to Chicago will be a big one. I uh, got to get through this game first though uh, today. As I'm as I'm speaking, the the rain is slowing down. The rain's stopping, so uh, probably a pretty good chance they get today's game in. Uh, against the Twins and looking forward to just, uh, you know, watching that and, and and seeing if they can finish on a high note against the Twins. Are, are you surprised the way the Twins fell off uh, over the last, you know, week or so, basically, uh, with with the way that the Guardians were able to handle them? Well, you know, I think, yeah, I am a, a little bit, but they've been so banged up, Joe. That is a that is a much different ball club that we're seeing right now, you know, in, in mid-September than, you know, they, they, they were able to run out on the field for most of the year. On September 4th, they were still tied. Cleveland and, and the Twins were tied. Uh, you know, for first place in the division, and mm-hmm. now the now the Twins are six games back. But you know, they, they've got a lot of people. What, 17, 18 people on the injured list? Some people are limping around. You know, playing hurt. So you know, um, it, it, <laughs> the Guardians are playing well, but they caught the Twins at the right time, I think. All right. Uh, one player that hasn't fallen off, and we've got to mention Aaron Judge at fifty nine home runs. Uh, after hitting two on Sunday, uh, he's he's getting he's inching closer, and it, it all you know all signs point to him passing Roger Maris for the uh, American League record uh, of 61 home runs. Uh, it looks like Judge is going to do that. Uh, we can get into the whole debate on what you think the uh, the true record is. Uh, is it Maris? Is it is it Barry Bonds? Uh, Mark McGuire with the 
you know, the, the, the steroid tainted records as if you will, uh, judge, do do you think that you've ever seen, uh, an offensive season like this before? Well, you know, you know, obviously, you know, we saw, you know, Sosa and, and McGuire and, and bonds, you know, all in the uh, steroid era. Um, and now, uh, you know, judge is certainly having a great year. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun year. It opens the debate, but you know, he's a California guy. So he thinks, you know, he has said bonds has, has the, you know, the official record. So he's not taking, uh, you know, the juice into the equation. So I don't know. So there's going to be a lot of the healthy debate, but I, I would think if he passes Roger Maris, He's going to have the Yankee record for single home, you know, for home runs in the single season, and that might be good enough. Yeah, he might also. He's he's also zeroing in on a, a possible triple crown as well. He's he's getting close enough in batting average. He already leads in in obviously home runs and and RBI. Uh, but if he can, he's he's been getting walked enough and getting on base enough. I think he went four for four in one game uh, against the the Brewers the other day. Uh, if he can get his batting average up to the top of the the American League, you know, I, he'll be the the first Triple Crown winner since uh, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, and that doesn't happen very often. So uh, you know, great great season for him. You know, I think he's the MVP right now, and uh, he just keeps going, Joe. And he's he's picked a wonderful time to have the best career best season in his career because he's a free agent at the end of the year. And uh, how much are you going to have to pay? Uh, Aaron Judge, if if you want him on your ball club, that's that's mind boggling. It's uh, it'll be it'll be progressive. It'll be the name your price tool. Um, he'll uh, <laughs> he'll be out there naming his price basically. Uh, the you brought up the point about the the MVP, and obviously Shohei Otani is the other guy in the conversation uh, because of what he's been able to do. Uh, you know, sort of keeping pace offensively, but also he's he's one of the top pitchers in the league. He'll be getting consideration in the the Cy Young voting as well, but uh, you know it's it's funny to see I you know on Twitter I, I see all of the New York guys uh, tweeting and commenting how well Aaron Judge has to be this unanimous vote. Uh, it's ridiculous to even uh, think anybody would vote for anybody but Aaron Judge in the in the MVP uh, race, and uh, you have to take an honest look at at what Otani has done. Uh, your your vote might still go to Judge, but to say that you can't even consider uh, the other guy because Judge is overwhelming uh, stats and I, I talking about New York bias and and West Coast bias and all this other it, to me the the New York guys once they get a guy who's hot uh, you know that they're following uh, it's it's this tunnel vision that it's all about this guy and that's it there's no other choice. Uh, it, it sort of rubs me the wrong way to, to read some of their uh, their stories and their headlines just uh, uh, about Aaron Judge and how anybody would be foolish not to, to vote for this guy, which might be true. But uh, I, it's sort of tough to swallow. I think, uh, you know, every day I'm seeing multiple headlines about this and it's it just sort of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, you know, and I think uh, you know the fact that uh, the Yankees are winning the division, the uh, you know the the Angels are out of it, uh, you know, and I think there's probably some 
I heard one writer say Otani fatigue, you know, and I, th I thought that was a good way of putting it. You know, people have called him the next, you know, the the next Babe Ruth for two or three years now. And, you know, he he certainly is is an amazing athlete. We haven't seen anything like that. And you, you really don't know how to quantify it. You know, I mean, a guy that that pitches and, and hits and, you know, I mean, he could maybe, you know, if he at this pace, he could win the award every year. So. You probably have to, uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough vote. It's a tough call right now. But these guys don't remember uh, Aaron Judge fatigue back in 2017. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I was totally Aaron Judged out, as, especially going there in the, in the playoffs in the postseason and seeing all those fools standing in the stands with the, with the judges' <laughs> robes on. My God, you, you want to talk about Otani fatigue? I had Aaron Judge fatigue for five years. Don't 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 tell me about Otani fatigue. Oh, I I could do a whole podcast on how much I, I can't how my distaste for the the New York uh, baseball writers, but we'll uh, we'll we'll save that for another time. Hoinsey, uh, we're gonna do uh, today's game. We're gonna hopefully get out of there quick, so you guys can head to Chicago uh, for a great series this week, and we will talk to you. Uh, from the Windy City on Tuesday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe, Cal Quantrill, uh, tonight, today, uh, what, 8-0 in his last 13 starts, so they need a win today. That's, uh, that would be a, uh, a, a, he's never lost at Progressive Field, so let's uh, let's see if they can keep that going. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Hoinsey. 